Hey listeners, this is your host Roxanne, and today we're going down another dark crossroad. We're going to be covering the case of Brianna Matlin, who was last seen leaving her job in Montgomery, Vermont around 11.30, and from that time on, she has never been seen again. Brianna was last seen leaving her job at the Black Lantern Inn in Montgomery, Vermont around 11.30 that night. She told co-workers that she was heading home because she had to go to work early the next morning, but Brianna never arrived, and after several days, her parents were notified that she was missing. She was described as bubbly, outdoorsy, free-spirited, charismatic, and a friend to everyone. Three of Brianna's friends say they met her because Brianna had introduced herself to them on their first day of school when they knew absolutely no one. She was also described as unashamedly sentimental, someone who hugged and kissed her friends and decorated the interior of her car with written notes from them. She never forgot a birthday, and by the time she was in high school, she had blossomed into a head-turner. She was described by friends as the hot girl, the most beautiful girl in Franklin. She was lean and leggy, with shiny brown hair, hazel eyes, and a bright smile. While she had the style and charisma of a grown woman, Brianna was still a teenage girl. She was silly and carefree. She had an affinity for funny hats. And it was also stated that her unconventional upbringing, as well as her adventurous, confident personality and originality, led her friends to see her as their beloved backcountry hippie chick. She would pop popcorn using a wood stove, tore her Jeep Wrangler on rural dirt roads, and loved any outdoor activity. She could track wild animals through the woods and tended to the family horses and cows. She was extensively trained in the Brazilian martial arts of jiu-jitsu. She loved her hats and her pets, a wrinkled-faced Sharpay named Lou and a cat named Muffin. Her most prized possession at age 17 was her light green 1985 Oldsmobile sedan, an 88 Royal. She had inherited this from her grandfather, Tommy Fisher. Her friends and family also describe her as being naive, which could possibly have led to her making poor judgments and also being easily taken advantage of. With that being said, it brings up the question that was this the characteristic that contributed to her disappearance on the day of March 19, 2004? If we rewind a little bit from that date and we go back to October 8th, 2003, Brianna would be turning 17 and moving out of her family's farmhouse in Franklin. She did this against the wishes of her parents, and she moved in with one of her friends, Katie Manning, in Nosberg, and she enrolled in Nosberg Falls High School. The Matlin family's farm was within the district of 
I'm going to say this wrong, but in Misakwe Valley Union High School, where Brianna had trouble fitting in. Brianna was pleased to know to now be going to school in Nosberg with her friends, including Katie, as well as Megan Jefferson, Kelly LaCrosse, Sydney Kuhn, and Hilary Rubatel. I might have said that wrong, and I'm sorry if I did. So going from the date that all of this is happening in October, we're going to head to February, and by February, Brianna was growing apart from her circle of friends, and she started to slowly isolate herself more and more as time passed. At times, she would live out of her car in the freezing northern Vermont temperatures, and if you are a New Englander or live anywhere near Vermont, you know that winter time is can be very difficult and living out of your car during that time would definitely be a struggle. In late February of 2004, the instability wore thin on Brianna's academic performance. Although she was highly intelligent and she was normally a really good student, she was forced to drop out of high school. On February 4th of 2004, she attended a party with her boyfriend. At this party, though, she ended up having an argument with her former friend, Kelly LaCrosse. Brianna opted to leave the party rather than risking any physical altercations happening. She was waiting for her boyfriend in his truck when Kelly confronted and hit her multiple times through the window. Brianna was treated for a broken nose and a concussion, and later she did end up pressing charges against Kelly. Now moving on to March 19th, 2004. Sometime in the morning, Brianna woke up early. It was Friday morning, and her mother picked her up to go out to breakfast before she took Brianna to take her high school equivalency exam. Earning her GED would be a meaningful accomplishment after withdrawing from high school that previous year. Brianna had also been recently hired for two part-time restaurant jobs. She planned to go to college, and by all accounts, Brianna was making sensible choices for her future at this point. That afternoon, after passing the exam, Brianna's mother took her clothing shopping. Brianna needed black pants for the dress code at her job at KJ's Diner. While the two waited to check out, Brianna told her mother that she would be right back, and she ended up leaving the store out of her mother's sight. Her mother bought the pants, and Brianna met her at her car. Brianna's mood had drastically changed. She was agitated and guarded toward her mother. The two didn't acknowledge the change, and her mother opting to respect the privacy of her now-independent daughter. Brianna's mood change has been subject to significant speculation and conjecture. That night, around 11.20 p.m., she punched out of work at her new job as a dishwasher at the Black Lantern Inn in Montgomery, Vermont at 11.20. Brianna's co-workers had invited her to join them for dinner after her shift, but she was tired and she wanted to get some rest before her first day at her second job at KJ's Diner, where she would be a waitress. 
and she knew she was going to have a long day. On March 20th, 2004, overnight, approximately 10 to 70 minutes after Brianna left work, between 11.30 p.m. and 12.30 a.m., a man driving on Route 118 saw her green sedan backed into an abandoned farmhouse. This house was known around town as the Dutch Burn House. She was parked at an odd angle, and he remembered that the vehicle's headlights may have been on. Another sighting was in between 12 a.m. and 12.30 a.m. Another man observed the car in the same position that the other man had said was at an odd angle. And this new person recalled that there may have been a turn signal flashing on. At 2.30 a.m. later in the early morning hours of March 20th, Brianna's ex-boyfriend, James Robitaille, drove by the site and he recognized the vehicle to be that of Brianna's. His stories have been inconsistent regarding the time he was there as well as why he was driving in that area. His current account, which is believed to be the truth, is that he drove past the Dutchburn house at about 2.30 a.m. and pulled over upon recognizing her car. He said no one was around, however the headlights were on and both the driver and passenger side doors were open. He states that he turned off the lights and he closed the doors and then he moved on. He had been drinking that night and he was afraid of getting into any trouble, so he did not say anything. Now going into the morning, later that morning, a group of hikers driving on Route 118 observed the abandoned Oldsmobile and found it odd, and they found it odd enough to even stop and check it out. They pulled over, exited their vehicle, and looked at the eerie scene before them. They took photographs, which are now the only photographs of the crash site accessible to the public. One of the photographers observed loose change, a water bottle, and a broken necklace. This necklace was later confirmed to be Brianna's on the ground next to the vehicle's driver's side door. That a- the afternoon of March 20th, a Vermont state trooper dispatched the Dutch- was dispatched to the Dutchburn house. The trooper observed some personal effects in the Oldsmobile, including two paychecks from the Black Lantern Inn that were addressed to Brianna Mallon but the trooper saw nothing he considered to be suspicious. The officer determined the car was likely abandoned by a drunk driver, a rather common and not necessarily alarmingly circumstances. He collected the scattered belongings on the ground and threw them into the vehicle. The trooper then drove up to the Black Lantern, hoping to interview staff regarding the abandoned vehicle, but the restaurant was closed and the officer proceeded with his day. He took down the tag number of the vehicle, and the car was later towed to a local automotive shop. The officer never ran the plates, and it's rumored he left for a short vacation the following day. Now, a few days later, March 22nd, Jillian Stout spent that weekend away at her grandparents' house and was unaware Brianna had not returned until she arrived home that Monday to see Brianna's note left untouched. On Tuesday, March 23rd, Jillian called Brianna's mother, Kelly, and after sharing notes, the two quickly realized Brianna was unaccounted for. 
Kelly ended up making calls to everyone she could think of to try and reach Brianna, but no one had seen or heard from her. She called Brianna's father, Bruce, who was away in New York on business. The two became desperately worried for their daughter's safety, and Bruce drove through the night to return to Vermont. Kelly called the police to report a missing juvenile. Now around April 20th of the 2004, Bruce Matlin, Brianna's father, received an anonymous tip four weeks after her disappearance. He was told Brianna was being held captive in a farmhouse on Reservoir Road in Berkshire, approximately 10 miles from the Dutchburn house. Ryan's and Jackson, who rented and occupied the home, were implicated in the disappearance. Bruce Matlin implored the Vermont State Police to search the property and was prepared to gather men to do so himself if they were unwilling. The Vermont State Police did raid the residence along with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife agents and U.S. Border Patrol agents. Brianna was not there and Ryans and Jackson denied having any acknowledgement of her whereabouts. Now jumping ahead a few years, the Vermont State Police end up resuming their search for Brianna Matlin. Investigators start looking for her body in a Richford gravel pit after receiving an anonymous tip. Matlin was 17 when she disappeared in 2004. On that Monday, when they started going through this gravel pit, two dozen searchers end up scouring the area about three miles from where her car was found. They had help from two cadaver search dogs that were brought in from Connecticut. It was stated that this specific area is a sand pit and we do have permission from the landowner to search this area. It is a sand pit that is surrounded by a wooded area. Matlin's father helped search teams on this day, and police, but police did not find any evidence and more searches are planned. Jumping ahead another few years, March of 2016, Vermont State Police end up putting an announcement that they have DNA samples from Brianna's car. This is a big break, especially when DNA started becoming more and more popular and progressing with cases, um, but they still were not able to test this DNA at that time. Now jumping ahead to September 29th, 2020, Vermont State Police Major Crime Unit partnered with Othram in the hopes of generating a lead using this DNA evidence that was recovered. It was stated that if anybody has any information that could assist with this case, they are encouraged to call the Vermont State Police. There was a fund that was established by Othram to cover the costs of the testing for this case. This case is logged in NamUs as MP2030. On March 18th, 2022, on the 18th anniversary of her disappearance, Vermont State Police released additional information regarding the DNA that they were testing. The DNA underwent new sequencing techniques since 2020. After testing and further investigation to include genetic genealogy, they have identified the source of the DNA, but they have not yet been able to match it to an individual. 
Vermont State Police state that this may not lead to a person of interest. They stated, we are continuing our active efforts to investigate every lead associated with this case, and we constantly look for new technological advances to aid in our investigation. This was stated by a lead investigative detective with the Vermont State Police. The same person also said in a statement, the use of genetic genealogy to identify the DNA found 18 years ago is just one example of how detectives continue to track down every potential lead in this case. On March 19, 2022, friends, family, and law enforcement held a live online virtual candlelit vigil open to all wishing to observe the 18th year of Brianna's disappearance. Brianna went missing on March 19, 2004. Her birthday was October 8, 1986. Her current age would be 36 years old. She was 17 when she went missing. Her NamUs number again is MP2030. She is described as Caucasian white female. She's 5'5", 118 pounds, brown hair. She was missing from East, East Berkshire, Vermont. Her eyes were hazel. Brianna's nose was pierced and she had a scar on her forehead near her left eyebrow. And it has been stated that foul play, foul play is suspected. If you have any information at all regarding Brianna's disappearance, please contact the Vermont State Police. You can reach them at 802-244-8727. Tips may also be submitted anonymously by texting keyword VTIPS, all capitalized, V-T-I-P-S, to 274-637. This would also spell out crimes. Again, you can anonymously text VTIPS to 274-367. Anything else can also be submitted online anonymously to Crime Stoppers, or you can go online to the Vermont tip line, and all of that will be completely anonymous. So if you have any thoughts or anything that you can give to this case, don't be afraid to send it. You can stay anonymous and hopefully help out a family. All right, guys. So, let's try to help this family out. If you know anything, please contact them. Even sending it through Crime Stoppers, it would be a big help. But with that said, I just want to send you with a message of stay weird, be different, and do not trust anybody. Thank you guys so much for listening and hanging out again. Um, Every little 
thing that you guys do helps the podcast and helps me continue with this. So please follow wherever you can find us. Um, don't forget to like, rate, review, subscribe. You can also check out the website, www.darkcrossroadspodcast.com. There you can contact me and you can shoot me an email. Let me know any cases you want to cover. You can say hi. You could sign up on the website um, for the email list or to be an exclusive member with little bonus things. And um, if you feel so inclined, even if it's just a dollar, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dark crossroads. Um, joining Patreon or even just donating one time or a few dollars here and there helps the podcast going and it helps with research and it helps um, you to keep listening because I'm planning on keeping this going. So, all right. So if you guys want to hang out some more, don't forget to come back and check out the next episode coming out and You can also check us out on social media. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Good night. The Curiosity Box delivers the cerebral fascination of Vsauce right to your door through engaging science toys, surprising puzzles, and books that expand our understanding of the universe. The creators worked together to create, design, and handpick each illuminating item in the Curiosity Box, including constructive kits, brain games, and imaginative custom t-shirts. Every quarterly delivery will turn your home into a laboratory of wonder. If you have always been curious about the world around you, then subscribe to the Curiosity Box and have access to the most popular science education network on YouTube as it energizes a community of Earth's most inquisitive minds with videos spanning science, math, and the human experience. And now all of that passion is in a box pulled off the screen and put in your hands. You can also receive monthly courses spanning popular academic disciplines to inspire and nurture the next generation of curious thinkers, innovators, and inventors. They are delivering a deeper learning experience through AR, VR, and video lessons on the MEL app. Join the curious community on their journey to explore the world, celebrate the amazing, and support brains for the future of our pale blue dot and beyond.